All right, it's Vision Sunday. So, I've got a little bit of help up here this morning. Um, I decided to think, and I found God speaking into my life about this. This is the starting point where our dreams and visions are maybe sitting in our hot little hand this morning on a slip of paper, or it's still in our heart here as something that God's placed in us. And dreams and visions speak of a future. And I got this idea to talk this morning to you about watch this space. What, what's, what's this gap between these two pillars? So they represent a timeline. And here's my little timeline up here. That represents watch this space is a statement we often use to invite people to stay aware of what's going on in our life. It's like watch this space. Um, today we're at the time when we bring our dreams from God to God for anointing. So what's that about? For me, that is a step of faith to stain, or as I've used that language already, or to infiltrate my actions going forward with faith. So I want the oil of God to work its way into the very core of who I am. And so this morning, as we anoint you with some oil and get it and stain the piece of paper that you've brought forward, no doubt about it, I'll make sure, when, as much as it's up to me, so a bit of encouragement for the other three, I get oil on you. Now, it's only probably going to be on your hands, but I want you to understand the symbolism. It's not hocus-pocus, it's not magic, it's not anything like that. Uh, it's actually symbolic, and it's like the oil works its way into your skin. It's meant to encourage us to understand that the presence of God works His way into the very fabric of who we are, and He wants us to live with Him on the inside um, and enabling us to go through what we're supposed to go through and get through well on the outside. So what is in this space and what can actually happen here? So I found myself looking at um, a number of things. We're doing a Bible reading plan at the moment about dreams written by Rick Warren. Who's finding that Bible reading program pretty helpful? It's awesome. He's got some great thoughts in that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to get the Bible app on your phone, either a um, an Android or an, an iOS device and or on your computer, just a PC, you can get into that and find the Uversion app. And uh, the Bible reading plan we're using at the moment is um, called Dreams. Can't remember the rest of it. God's Dreams, I think, for your life. And I know it'll bless you. It's only 19 days and we're going to announce another one to finish the month of February off a little later in the month. So during the week, one of the readings was Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. What a great thought. We are God's handiwork. Oftentimes we think that we're our, our own handiwork. Oh, I've got my degrees, I've got my qualifications, I've got my experience, I've got my career, I've got my family, I've got this, I've got that. No, no, that's the wrong way to look at it. What I've got, I'm God's handiwork. Not just in the womb before I was born, but I'm God's handiwork as I've lived, in my case, the last 61 years. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So God wants me to do things with my life, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God's got a plan. Say God, God. has a plan for my life. So that's really important to understand. God's got a plan for our life that he wants us to discover and get onto. So it seems to me that God sometimes shows us, or reveals to us, parts of what lies ahead and other times things just turn up unexpectedly. And that can be ranging from something really good, a blessing, 
down to the other end of the spectrum, something really tragic or difficult and a season that catches us completely off guard. But what's a little challenging in amongst that unexpected turn of events for you and me is it's not a surprise to God. He's actually completely, completely and utterly or fay, like he's totally full of knowledge about your unexpected moment, as much as he is about the things that he's planned for you. So as I've further pondered the times I've heard from God about what lies ahead, I've realised he tells me in advance some things so that I can shift what needs to be shifted to get there. And I don't always recognise that God's conversation is actually about that. It's about shifting something today. Now, I found myself strangely in this little, little piece of scripture um, that involves the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament. It's in 1 Kings chapter 17. I just want to read the first three verses to you. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, Ahab's a king, he's a nasty king, he's a naughty king, he's married to Jezebel, she's a piece of work. He does lots of things to displease God, okay? And Elijah comes up to him and says, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. I've actually never met a prophet who's been able to say, it's not going to rain until I say so. I've met some great prophetic ministries, people in my life, but I've never met an Elijah. So King Ahab is giving a warning. Okay, let's go on. Verse 2 and 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, Turn eastward and hide in the Kerith ravine east of the Jordan. Now what is fascinating to me in this first little three verses of this chapter is this. There is no hint in the text. Can you bring us back up to verse 1 again, please, guys? Actually, can you get verse 1 and 2 together up there or is that asking too much of the friendship? Asking too much. There is no hint in the text of the time between the end of verse 1 and the start of verse 2. Watch this space. Ahab, as evil as he is, has been given a word from God that he could have, should have, and if he had, could have changed the course of history. Between verse 1 and verse 2, there's a gap about what to do when we hear from God. When we hear from God, there's a gap between what he says and what's going to happen that he expects you and me to fill. Ahab didn't fill it. Ahab missed it. He could have said, Elijah, what do we do? He could have said, I've been a dirty dog before God. I'm going to repent. I'm going to get on my knees and God's going to hopefully forgive me. I'm going to be contrite. There's evidence throughout the book of Kings that when a bad king, and there were plenty of them, and only a few of them repented and became contrite before God, every time one of them said, I'm going to stop and I'm going to acknowledge God and I'm going to repent, God forgives them. So watch this space. His fatal mistake was to not hear or see the word of God, the dreams and visions for what they were. So what 
Could have been a question on his lips, might be a question on your lips this morning. It's all very well to have a dream and a vision, but what's next? What's the first thing I've got to do? What's the first thing I'm going to see? And as Pastor Rick Warren has helped us to unpack this week with the Bible reading program, oftentimes in this space, there is massive problems. Often in this space, there are things that we are going to straight away encounter on the timeline. Things like fear. Anybody been afraid here in their life? I have. You might encounter because of circumstance or just because confusion. Why is this happening to me? What on earth is going on? As I launch out and start walking down the timeline towards God's destiny for me, I might see myself surrounded by circumstances that lead to disappointment. And I can find myself clogged up right back here at the first step. Perhaps I'm going to make some, get away from that. I might make some bad choices and think, oh, I'm making progress, but I've actually made a bad choice. I've stopped going to Connect Group. I've decided that going to church every week's not as important as doing other things. It might be that bad choice is, and choices like it, you can think of some others for yourself, they just get you and I stuck. And we wonder why we're stuck and we don't realise that we're making choices that have got us stuck. But what about God's dream for my life? Where's God? I'm wanting a miracle breakthrough. No, no, I'm, I'm stuck here with choices that are about being stuck. And I'm not going to move. Nothing's going to unlock until I do something else. But I'm going to just keep adding some of these because I've got lots of them. Look at these things that we can encounter along the way. I might run out of room. Discouragement. Anyone been discouraged? This is a good one. What about being stabbed in the back? It's called betrayal. Somebody you thought had your back decides to get the knife out and put it in your back. That's a bad day. It's a bad day to be betrayed. But it's an even worse day to let that stop you. It's an even worse day to let them stop you. It's even a worse day to let these things stop you and me progressing down our timeline because this day exists. This day is not hocus pocus pie in the sky. This is if God's spoken to you, that day is a guaranteed day to arrive. The only problem is I might not get there. Ahab was supposed to, I think, say, sorry, Lord, and he didn't. And he got stuck in a about three-year drought and had some interesting occasions with his lovely wife, Jezebel. She's a nice, very nice. Oh, hang on. In the middle of this, I found some peace. What? I think, okay, I'm good. I found peace. I've got some peace. Well, peace is not the be-all and end-all. It might just be a little encouragement to get off your butt and do something. Or it might be a trick. Now, I don't mean God's tricking you, but it's a trick for you and me. We go, um, at this conversation, well, what I'm doing is blessed. It's actually abundant. It's actually looking fruitful. Therefore, God must be happy with me. That's a fatal line of thinking. Don't let blessing be for you the thermometer of your closeness to God. The only thing 
that is about closeness to God is faith and being close to God and peace can be a product, but not always. Mm. All right, what about this one? These are all things that, you notice this line, it was very convenient because there were hooks behind the post before we started, but you notice where it is for me? It's right in my line of vision. What you see today, what you're looking at today matters to God. Am I looking at this still? Am I manifesting on the inside about the day someone stabbed me in the back years and years ago, but I'm, I'm still stuck here? God wants me to be set free, doesn't he? Yeah. Does he want you to be set free? Yeah. What about stress? Oh, there, we'll put them side by side. There's the two big deals, anxiety and stress. What about this one? What happens when everything does seem to be just delayed? You're not doing anything wrong. You're not up to any mischief. It's not willfully being disobedient to God. But for goodness sake, God, what's going on? And there's just a delay. It might be a delay that saves you from jumping off the wrong thing. The delay could be all about saving you from a disaster. But we can't see it, but he can. And so delays end up dropping into the timeline. Stress can pop up. All these things can sit in front of us. And oh my gosh, we have breakdowns. Oh, and then the last two, that's plenty. These things are all part and parcel of what you and I can spend all our time looking at. And wondering, getting discouraged. But I've got dreams. Pastor Bruce and Julie and the other guys prayed for me in February last year and I've still got problems. Well, maybe, just maybe, somewhere in this list, and it's not exhaustive, but somewhere in this list, there's a sticking point that God wants you to stop looking at. He wants you to stop getting this stuff in your vision and putting some other stuff in your vision. And so I brought this little ladder in to highlight a few other thoughts here. See, Ahab could have looked at Elijah differently, but he hated him because he always told him bad news. The only reason he told him bad news was because he was making bad choices. Didn't join the dots that Elijah would have changed his tune toward him if he changed his attitude and his actions. It's like, it's not rocket science, but you can't see what you can't see, right? And so when we have Vision Sunday and when we have goals and dreams and visions moments in church, what they're meant to do is help us to, let me see if this will work, hopefully the ladder, I find I can get encouraged and get courage from God, here's peace again, this time it's peace that's come because God's given us his peace, not some other peace, so I'm talking about the peace that Jesus gives, we might find that he blesses us with Good health. Let me stick that on there. On this one. These things and good choices. Like that. These things help me rise up. I'm no longer looking at them, I'm above them. 
well and truly above that. God wants you to get above this line this morning. Maybe there's, well, I've got a whole more lot, bunch of other things here I can put on here. Um, but time is getting away. Just imagine I've stuck them on, but I can't be uh, stuck by the timeline. Friends, they're good to have, right? Faith, that's a good thing. I might stick that one on. Not the friends aren't important. Do you want to come and help me, Kirby? I'll just keep talking. You can stick the rest of those on. You get the point. Kirby's going to stick them all on the ladder for me. I'm able to get up here, whoops, and look around, get a different perspective because of my choices, because of God's goodness, because of God's desire for me to get here. He doesn't want me to not make it. Sometimes we accuse God of getting in the way. Just get out of my way, God. I want to get to the destination. Well, God's standing in the way so that I might drop that and pick up that. Let me say it again. I might drop that and pick up that. And it would appear to me that there's not a whole lot going on in my life that's wrong but in the background of my thinking, and I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart, I know I can have a background informational noise track playing in my mind of complaint. And I know for a fact that I've got stuck at points in life because I just have not been able to get this out of my head and replace it with that. And when I start singing songs at church like that new one we sang this morning about gratitude, I'm thinking, I'm onto something. We're onto something. These things help us to get above that. And I've got to tell you, these things aren't going to stop occurring. These are going to be part of the journey. They're going to appear down here as much as they did back there. They're going to keep sliding along. The enemy's not interested in you getting there. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. He wants you to keep coming back down the mountain, so to speak, into this world of discouragement and difficulty. Well, I've got good news for you. This moves with you. So over here where these things start popping up again, you might have had a good season. It's like, get back up on the ladder. This is a good view up here. <laughs> guys are looking pretty cool. So don't be an Ahab today. Don't miss it. Don't miss the connection. Don't miss the opportunity. Sometimes people are thinking, do I need to bring my dreams forward for prayer? No, you don't. But what if? What if the step? What if the choice? What if the moment of faith with God, for you personally this morning, just flicks something over? A page turns in your life. It's like, well, I didn't think it was going to take that. What do you mean? It's just about getting out of my seat and bringing those things forward. It's more about what happens in here for you than about the coming forward, um, if that's easy enough to say. So, as we launch out into 2019 and beyond, let's ensure we shift what needs shifting to remain connected to the narrative of our journey, your life, has got a timeline represented by this string this morning. I don't know how long this is. No one does. God does. You don't. I don't. But all I know is all of these little suckers 
are determined to attach themselves to your timeline. And God wants you and I to ascend into a place of worship, a place of prayer. I haven't got that on there, but it should be. Um, a place of faith so that we can get over the top of those things. Hebrews 12, 2 puts it this way, looking unto Jesus. That's a good set of eyes to see at the end. Get up here. I want to see Jesus' face. I don't want to see stress. I want to see Jesus' eyes looking at me. I don't want to see the delays. If I am going to get delayed, I want to see the delay become transparent. So I look straight through it. There's Jesus. I'm going. It's like i got attitude because i got the word of God in me. So looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, he's written the timeline. He hasn't put those things on the timeline. He's written the timeline. You've got a certain length of time to work out how to get from there to here. Every one of us, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In his timeline, corner towards the end of his timeline, there was this nasty little incident called crucifixion. It was still part of his timeline. It looked like it was the end of the timeline to the devil. God had other things. The timeline just kept going. It kept going past the cross, into the tomb, and on Easter Sunday, God put in Jesus the ability to see, because he is God, this, salvation. He was able to get above the cross. It doesn't mean he didn't go through it, but he means he wasn't looking at it as the end. He saw it as just a slight delay, just a slight stress point. He definitely got stressed about it. Look at the story of him praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was stressed about it. Nobody looks forward to dying, really, when they're in sound mind. So the pathway in the space between now and then is underpinned by security that is found in faith in God. Last week, I introduced some thoughts about seeing clearly and having some thoughts around the 23rd Psalm. I deliberately didn't read the first verse. I want to finish with this this morning. I love this first verse. When I was a kid, I never understood it because it was in the authorised version, King James Version, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And me being simplistic, listen, I failed year 11 English. And I'm thinking, the Lord is the Lord and I don't want him. Why is the Bible telling me I shall not want him? You don't get it. Obviously, I'm a little slow. But it's nothing about me not wanting God. It's about not me wanting for anything else. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I've got to tell you, shamefully, I reckon I was about 30 when I worked that out. Took me a long time. I don't know even though I was a Christian, but I was, and I still didn't get the 23rd Psalm verse 1, but I do today. So, okay, I've caught up the rest of you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing, is what the NIV says. I lack nothing. I want you to say that after me. I I lack lack nothing. nothing. If you haven't got it, it's possible you don't need it. Right? Let me say, if you haven't got it now, it's possible you don't need it or you haven't up till now, but if it comes subsequent to this conversation, well, maybe now you do need it. But the point is, you lack nothing. Everything that you need, 2 Peter 1, verse 3, which I've quoted already this morning, which Julie did, by his divine power, he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Say everything. everything. He's given us everything. Say it again, everything. everything. 
I don't know about you, but last time I was complaining, I was accusing God of not having given me everything. He hasn't given me everything because if he had given me everything, that wouldn't be happening. That's not a true accusation of God. He's given me everything. If that's happening, maybe the everything I've got can get me through that, over it, around it, under it, whatever. So verse 1 is a statement of faith and of a fact that we can stand on in what's this space.